want to tell you about one of our partners, Quetzal Education Consulting. Quetzal Education Consulting is a queer, black, and indigenous women-owned firm offering anti-racist consulting, PD, coaching, keynotes, workshops, and more. Their newly released Abolitionist Teaching Workshop series coaches and prepares teachers to further develop abolitionist practices in the classroom. Find out why they have been called The Future of Educational Justice by Dr. Bettina Love. You can book a free consultation with Quetzal by calling 510-397-8011 or visiting quetzalec.com. That is Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L-E-C.com. And if you mention you heard about them through Two Dope Teachers, you will receive a 5% discount on their Abolitionist Teaching PD series. Once again, you can book them by visiting quetzalec.com on their Connect With Us page. All right, folks. Uh-oh, sorry, Kevin. You go uh, ahead. This is, hey. I guess, will come up. This is your podcast. I want you to feel more like you drive this car. So like if we, if we need to pull over, if we need to, if we need to speed, if we need to go over first, like you in charge, I, we, I, I feel like a hustle and flow, <laughs> you know, you watch hustle and flow. It's like, put you, I need to put you, put your hands on the wheel. Who in charge, Asia, you in charge. I have not seen that movie in a long time. Amen. Amen. Turn the fan down. Amen. Yes. Kevin, my host, my co-host Kevin is uh he hyped today and I appreciate it because I need your energy on this Sunday evening. Yes. Uh today's podcast host or guest, not host, guest it, can we start over, please? Hey everyone, it's Asia and Kevin. Uh, we're back. Episode number is this three, Kevin? For us, for us, I was trying to think about it, but I think it's three. I think we're on yeah. episode three. So, today we're having Dr. William Anderson on our podcast. He is dope. Uh, he's done some great work in Denver Public Schools. He's going to share his story, um, about like what it is that had him shift from being a classroom teacher and doing some work in and uh, the social studies department in his school over to now working at the university and higher education level. Just a super dope conversation. What do you think about it, Kevin? I think it's, I think it's a really good conversation. I think um, it's a great contrast to some of the other stories that we have had. Um, I will go ahead and let the listeners know, break the fourth wall. Will is a close friend of the podcast and FOP, right? Um, so, you know, there is lots of love shared throughout this episode, um, and it feels like a reunion in some ways, but, uh, also I think it's an important story of like how to cultivate black leadership, which I think is important, but also raises some other questions, um, when we think about the other stories that we've heard and, and I think really boiling it down to we've had a great conversation about the differences between the experience of uh, black males in the classroom, black man educators and black female educators or people who identify as female. Um, you know, I think I think there's a lot to this conversation. So um, I think it's a great one. I think people will sit back, listen and enjoy, you know, tales of educational 
uh, mercenaries that led to ultimate liberation, which, uh-huh. and uh, here, here's a, here's a little spoiler alert, pupil. Uh, this episode pushes me a little closer to making a decision on mm-hmm. wh- where, where do I go with my audience? Feet? Audience, Kevin says that every episode. I don't want y'all to get excited out here in these streets. Okay. You know, I, I hey, know we got to keep them listening. Don't say, hey, they never know. Maybe there's a big announcement at the end. Listen, I just want to say at the end, whatever that edge is, it's not nowhere. I don't know where the edge is, everybody. Can, can, so. you, can you give a, here, can you give a, a resignation letter through a podcast? No, I'm just kidding. My principal will be like, no, I don't like this. I don't like this. Stop talking about this. I'm going to stop this episode right now. Keep listening, Principal. We love you. Let's, Shout we out. Love you. Let's roll episode three. Let's go. So here we are, folks. We are back and we are here with our w- amazing guest today. One of the most impactful brothers uh, in the education field. I, I, in my honest opinion, Dr. William Anderson. Dr. William Anderson, we are so happy to hear you here today on the exit interview with us um i know asia's excited i'm excited every time you know our producer gerardo is excited every time your name comes up you know we get excited because we we rock with you hard body karate so uh welcome hard to the body karate hard body karate that's right that's right so welcome welcome to the exit interview um we're excited to hear your story, um, knowing that all the stories, like uh, as people should know, Black people are not monolithic. And so all of our stories are not the same, right? And so uh, we'll just jump into this. Uh, first, tell us about like your, your educational path, your mm-hmm. path into the classroom. Uh, you know, what motivated you to, to become an educator, a Black educator? Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Word. Well, uh, first and foremost, um, thank y'all so much for, for having me on. Um, it's, it's nice to be able to, to share this type of space with folks that um, I have just as much love for as, as you got for me. It's just an, an honor and a privilege, truly. Um, so how did I get into education? Um, I figured out I wanted to be a teacher when I was in the, I think it was the eighth grade, because I had a teacher, a social studies teacher, Mr. G. And Mr. G at uh, Laredo Middle School made me like a weird, awkward, who I thought was cool as hell, but probably wasn't a kid feel super cool and feel loved and feel appreciated yes and and made social studies like some cool stuff so like I knew and it was weird like I remember that I could tell you the day I made the decision it was when my mom had some friends over and like a uh, a wonderful mom she was she paraded me in front of her friends and was like yo William tell them what you want to be when you grow up you know and I was like I want to be an accountant and she was like all right now go make yourself busy you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes yes and um classic right classic right like yeah you did your thing now get the hell out right <laughs> um then I left and as I was like putting my shoes on in the garage in my head I was like I don't want to be an accountant you know what I mean but I said yeah. it I knew like adults thought that that was a good thing to want to be 
And like, I was like, man, really, I want to be a teacher. And yes. so like, I kicked my shoes off, went back inside and was like, excuse me, y'all. They were like, yeah, I want to make a clarification. I do not want to be an accountant. I want to be a teacher when I grow up. And they were like, okay, now back to getting the hell out of here. You know what I mean? They were like, all right, all right. <laughs> Straight up. So um, that was it. That was, that was when and I knew. I knew from there that like I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a, a social studies teacher. I wanted to be a high school yes. social studies teacher. You know what I mean? So it was all about making that come true after that. Um, I mean, high school was all right. I was not a great student. Um, I think I blew everybody's socks off with my 2.7 GPA. And my, oh, 2.7 club. There we know, go. Represent. Holding it down with a 17 on the ACT after taking it twice. You know, Represent. I mean? Represent. Same club. Same club. Yes. 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 Me too. Me too. <laughs> and that got me into none of the schools that were my first choice. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what I'm um, as my mom said, I graduated. Thank you, Lordy. Straight up, <laughs> straight, straight up. up. Thank you, Lordy. <laughs> um, ended up going to UNC up in Greeley. Um, had a wonderful time. I, I party like a rock star and did no school. Yes, um, yes. You know, I know that well because um, I went to Greeley for my freshman year, and I say that intentionally because. <laughs> At the at the I got the letter, the yes. letter at the end. My dad woke me up June. I remember like June fifth. What's this letter? You've been put on academic probation. Oh yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't. I did not finish up there, but I can relate. I know. Like I would have been. Oh man, I know. See, there's a reason why I always connect with you. <laughs> I always can connect with but you. Man, check this out. I got yeah. the same letter and. <laughs> um, I tried, I gave them one more year, yes, one more semester, actually, and then they wouldn't even take my mom, my money no more, you know. What can I'm saying, I, can I like, say something, William? <laughs> yeah, Kevin, yes. I got the letter too. I got the letter too. <laughs> What's that say? What's that say? What that, that, that don't say, obviously, we made it out here. Right That's, what's That's what's up. Up. My second, yeah, you my second year, I got that letter. I need to bring that up to my dad. I need to bring it. I need to be because I remember that day when he was like, he came, knocked at my bedroom door. It was like, I was like, at least I'm back in this and I have the summer. I have no class. He was like, uh-uh, we ain't playing this. He's like, look, if you if you can't, if you can't do college, then we got to do something different. That day I had to get a job. I got a job at the pizza shop like that day. Oh man! So like we all, we all, we all got the letter. All right. Oh, got it. Oh, got like, it. That doesn't surprise. Like that system's not made for us. No. And we and had I, to learn. I do have to take some personal responsibility. Yeah. I did like partying and hanging out a lot. Yes. Yes. It <laughs> was my shit. It was freedom. Freedom. First <laughs> time. It was. It was. I had two great parents who didn't let me wild out really. That's well. right. That's right. In high school, so I got to college and lost it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. Um, but after getting thrown out of UNC, I came down to Metro. Same here. 
Same story. Um, one of my brothers who went to Morehouse came back, and I was partying like a rock star at Metro too, because now I, I got the city, you know. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. You actually have some that's not, you know, not just the courthouse, no. not just the courthouse in gambler, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm I'm wilding out in the city, but then my brother comes back from Morehouse, like, yo, you gotta read this book. I wasn't much for book reading at the time. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, yo, you got to read this. And he gave me the autobiography of Malcolm X. Yes. Read that and was like, oh, man, I got to do better. <laughs> transformational. <laughs> yeah, absolutely transformational. Made me realize I was like not doing what I needed to do, not doing uh, what I thought was manhood, but was just like just a, a little boy in a 21, 22 year old body. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And um, I knew I wouldn't be able to be a teacher without finishing school. And like, I, I didn't have a desire really to do anything else. So I went from being like not interested in school to being like all the way in, you know what I mean? A complete 180 and just started consuming as much information as I could, like including like my undergrad in history, all that coursework, um, my secondary teaching licensure, all that coursework, but like, Malcolm had me diving into my own black history, something, yep. you know what I mean? Just everything, 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 yep. everything, everything. Um, Asada's autobiography, yes. Bobby, yes. James Baldwin, Tony Moore, like you name the hitters. Just you keep going deeper. It's a spiral. You just keep yeah. going deeper and you realize mm -hmm. we have this collective knowledge that's so powerful. Absolutely, absolutely. Some W.E.B., some Carter G., some Stoke, like everything I had to have it, you know what I mean? Yes. And, um, graduated, and I was working at uh, Wheat Ridge uh, High School at the time. Like I, okay. when I graduated, I wasn't working there. I did my student teaching there because I had an amazing um, mentor there, Stephanie Rossi, who still to this day I think is the best high school teacher I've ever seen um who I've stole all all everything I do in the classroom I got from from Stephanie Rossi um finished with my undergrad they told me or one of the other ones Miss Fure another teacher who I actually student taught for was like I went right into my master's I was like well I'm gonna go right into my master's then sure you know yep 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 um so got a job there as a para um and while I was getting my master's degree in creative yeah. construction from the University of Phoenix. And I think that time, that year and a half of being a para is what actually made me a great teacher, a good teacher, a better than average teacher. Um, yes. Yes. Why do you, really why do you say that? Better. What you mean? I'm sorry. Because you watch just what to say and I cut you off. I was going to say, what made you say that? Say what? That being a para during that time made you the best teacher. Oh, I mean, it just taught me that students live on an intellectual spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was this idea, like your coursework in school doesn't teach you how diverse of learners and people that students are. You know yep. what I mean? Um, it makes it seem as if everybody has the same, you know what I mean, capability or same level of understanding or way to learn and understand, but being a para and working with students who just needed a little extra help to students who couldn't go to the bus by themselves because they'd get on the wrong bus, 
you know what I mean? But they're 17 years old, you know what I mean? Um, just taught me like, oh, you have to be ready for all of this, you know? So that coupled with the, the master's work, it really got my brain ready to dive into my first job, which was at um, MLK Early College um, teaching social studies. It was a dream come true. You yes, know? yes. It was an absolute dream come true. Um, it was crazy. I got the phone call offering me the job on my birthday. On that All right. Yeah. So it was, that was, it was really dope working for like Alan Smith. Um, yes. Nick Dawkins. Yes. Tony Smith, Krim Grayson. Um, with an incredible dream uh, team. Yeah, that, that I wish I had leaders like that. Yo, it I was, no disrespect to, to my leaders that I've had, but whatever. But I ain't had no leaders like that. No, it was it was crazy. It was I got super, super lucky and really empowered in that space too. So like um I remember my first year teaching, I didn't want to teach the geography class the way that the content curriculum had been set up. Yeah. My man, Nick, was like, well, then do what you feel like you got to do. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. So, like, I've got my first taste of writing curriculum and building assessments, literally my first year of teaching. You know what I'm saying? And that's dope. Stop. Yeah. Can we say, like, that is so powerful because it took a while before that was my experience of being able to write curriculum. I remember my first year, I held on to that anthology because I taught fifth and fourth grade. And I was just like, so by the book and didn't even think about writing, doing something different, right? Mm -hmm. Hadn't even questioned it, didn't even think about it. And I think that having an opportunity to teach, to teach the curriculum that I wrote on my own before I left teaching really changed a lot of things for me. And I'm so, so glad to have had that opportunity, but I can see that so many educators don't, Either they don't want to for fear of whatever, or they never get a chance to write their own curriculum and really see what they're made of and explore authors and explore texts that, you know, a lot of kids will have never been able to touch at that grade or sure. in, the, in that type of coursework. Man, and you know what's crazy too, Asia, is that it wasn't even my choice. Like the kids put it on me. Yeah. I mean, those freshmen. I went to teach a geography class and like they saw I was passing the textbook out for it, it was geography alive, which is a real trash yep. textbook. Hopefully yep. they're not sponsor of the show. No. Um, and they were like, what? We got to read this, man. We had this book in seventh grade. I was like, what you yep. mean? It was like seventh grade is the first half of the book. And ninth grade is the second, second half. half. How the kids, the kids even knew that. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. The kids knew that. And they were like, this shit is whack. I was like, all right, well, yeah, we're not going to do this then. You know what I'm saying? So it, was yep. really, it wasn't even nothing that that was me. It was it was the kids, man. That and that those, those freshmen um, are some of the most beautiful, meaningful, brilliant, like life changing human beings that I ever had the opportunity to meet. You know what I mean? If it, if it wasn't for because I was with them their freshman year through their graduation and. Um, I feel like I graduated into being a teacher when they graduated by that, by the end of that fourth year, I was like, yep. okay, I think I know how to do this thing. I know exactly what sure. you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And just love those kids. Love, love them. Like some of them still just crazy close to like, they babysit my children. Like nice. my, my son's birthday is on the 25th and like 
they come back, they're going to be here for his birthday, a good handful of them. That's what's up. That's what's up. That kid, they bring in their kids. So my kids is growing up with their kids. You know what I'm saying? Just like, um, just really, 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 really special, special, special group. I love that. I love that. I think there's something important about your story. You know, first, like, I think that para experience, and this is something more and more like every day, and I'm in year 17, but becomes more real and realer, uh, that the kids, the kids have different ways of thinking, right? And my job, and I often ask this, and Gerardo, like my teachers who work with me always joke, you know, that uh, I, I'd be, I will say it, I don't even know what we're doing. I don't even know what education is. Like, I can't even tell you, like, what am I doing? What day to day? I don't know what we're doing. I, I do not know because at times there are lessons that are being learned or and, and learning that happens that, that I'm just so like fascinated by. And it's because, like you said, the kids have different ways of demonstrating their knowledge and their understanding. So like right now this year, I have a kid who will not write. He will always be like, read to me and write for me. And, and, I, and it's cool. But this kid has like the most amazing auditory memory. And like he and he is such a great talker. So like you go back to like the importance of like and I think this goes to my second point about your story is how black history was a catalyst for you. Like and it helped you see yourself as a scholar. It gave you the subject. And I think every kid, you know, for you, it was black history, but every kid has a catalyst for something that potentially will help them see themselves as a scholar. And so I hope that people understand, you know, when we can allow kids to tap into what lets them see themselves as a scholar, what, what do they get obsessed with, you know, and, and what can they talk about? And I know sometimes you're like, dang, this kid won't stop talking about anime. But let them. That's what they. That's they, if they tell you, tell you every character. I got the greatest conversation because my kids are recommending anime, and they were debating about like, well, should I? Should no? You don't let him watch that. That's not what you start him with. Start him with this. Start to get him into the. He told you he likes silly slapstick comedy, so we don't. He doesn't want the depressing romance stories, <laughs> you know. But I think, but your your story is really important. I think people need to understand that when we talk about. And I know this goes, this is the anti-exit interview part, how we get black, black teachers in the classroom, you know, or more teachers of color in the classroom. It's helping young people see themselves as scholars. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I, I was really lucky. I had great mentors um, who helped train me up. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have been able to write my own curriculum if I wouldn't have had a, a baller department chair who I would go to lunch with every day. Yeah. He would help me, you know what I'm saying, get my craft down and be like, yo, this is good. This is trash. Well, here, let's both build one and we'll teach this class. You know what I mean? And we yes. brought ethnic studies to the to the school because me and her wanted to to plan it out and, and do it. And me being able to watch her and how she had done it for so long and and soak up that game from her that was that was huge and then having an administrator like nick and like tony and like alan and then miss grace and miss scales um who just helped build me up brother hall who's my other ap who was over our social studies who really gave me autonomy he was like yo do what you gotta do man 
You know what I mean? Love when that. I became the Love department that. chair and a senior team lead at the school, yes. um, he was very much like, yo, you seem like you got it. So just like, do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here Let's to go. Away. If you need help, get some help. Man, uh, my coach, Tristan Morrison, who I think took my teaching to the next level. Like I, I left uh, MLK after five years to go with Nick over to Manual. Yes. And um, with a few other of us. And when I got there, Christian Morland was my coach. And she was like, you're pretty good. Like, you know, you do all the little, little the distinguished, whatever, whatever, whatever. She was like, but you, sh you could probably be better. And I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> excuse me. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was doing it. And she was yeah. like, I mean, you are, but like, are you happy with where you're at? I'm like, nah. So she used to whip my butt, man. She used to kick my butt in my over my lesson plans, over my assessments. Like, this is, what are you actually assessing? How do you know? How are you going to measure it? And she was the one who, like, made me, force me to dig into my, da my data better, force me to really be intentional with the tasks that I was putting on my students and just really, really, really made me... Uh, take my craft to that next level. You know what I mean? So I, I got to big up those supports like that and um, having the opportunity to have that autonomy. Um, one of my professors once said, um, uh, currency is the, per no, performance is the currency of autonomy. That's right. You know what I mean? And he was like, so as long, if you want to do what you want, you have to perform. You gotta That's right. Show, yeah, you got to show approve. Show approve. You know what I mean? So that was always my thing. Like, I wanted to do what I wanted. So I also wanted to make sure that I could show improve and make sure that what my kids were doing was, was worth me doing things differently. And lucky for me, you know what I mean? It, it paid off. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, I'm... I'm loving this story and I'm loving, I'm just imagining what this environment was like for you, what it was like for your students, right? Um, I've had some great coaches in my, in my life. Shout out to Dr. Sandy Mason, who was amazing. She's still in Cherry Creek, I think. Um, she's an avid coordinator out there, but um, it does say a lot for people to like believe in you and know that you can do more, right? And not just like sit back like, okay, good enough, good enough. Um, yeah, so tell us, keep going. You were at Manual. How long were yeah. you there? What was that experience like? I mean, I was there for a while, but see, part of it, there's some other stuff. Like, while I was at MLK, I also got plugged with like the Gates Foundation and some other outside entities, like some big ed groups that also like opened me up to a completely different world of education. So I went to a conference put on, a teaching conference. I was put on by the Gates Foundation and met um, one of the presenters there, Sarah Brown Wesling, who was a National Teacher of the Year. Um, and she just happened to be sitting at the table that I was sitting at. And they're talking, we're talking Ed, boom, boom. I said something. I don't even remember necessarily what I said. Just to say it, because, you know, I'm a pop shit if I got something to say. And then the conference was over. It was really dope to be able to see like a big organization put that on and like to hear some dope speakers. Clint Smith was there, some other, some other heavy hitters. And then Sarah Brown reached out and was like, yo, do you mind if I quote you in this thing that I'm doing? Um, because what you said was like really dope. I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. 
like you you said that like exactly how I wanted to, how it needed to be said I want to quote you and saying it yes it's like that made me like click something in my brain that never even crossed my mind like this idea that other people would care what you what you have to say yeah you know what I mean so then I was like all right well if people are wondering um I started digging more into the Gates Foundation stuff and eventually ended up being on like their teacher advisory council and um spent two years uh I think it is um on their teacher advisory council helping them as a giant organization start pushing through a lot of their different stuff. And when I started their national convention, the ESET two probably had 40 breakout sessions, let's say, you know what I mean? Of those 46, may not even six, five of them, four of them had something to do with like being culturally responsive, data driven or uh, DEI or social and emotional stuff. By the time like me and that crew of teachers on that council got done, the last national convention we put on, nothing less than half was on like really actually serving the children. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we had yeah. pushed the needle so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it wasn't all the same thing, but it was like all these different versions that were coming from teachers all over the country. Cause us in that in that group, um, which was just some incredible, some of the best educators I've ever met, some folks I have nothing but uh, just love as human beings and love as educators for, um, we got to do that. So then when I did that, I was like, oh man, I started doing professional development. And from that, I got started getting these consulting gigs and getting yeah. acts to come all over the country to like lead the PDs that I was leading, leading for the Gage Foundation in this place, in that place, in this place, in that place. Um, nice. Wow. It was dope. Awesome. You yes. know what I mean? Um, like, got to be this, like, education mercenary that, like, you send a check, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do the work, you know? That's right. That's right. Um, education mercenary. <laughs> Let's go. What's up? You know what I mean? Just this this ed for hire business. You That's know right. Um, and I did that all the way until I was at manual kept doing some different stuff with the Gates Foundation, just crazy. Um, it was crazy to just be in that type of space. And then left there, and while I was at Manual, I then got asked to be on the Teacher Advisory Council for National Geographic to kind of do the same thing. Yes. So then worked with Nat Geo for like two years and, and trying to push the envelope with them. Yep. Um, the pandemic kind of shit on it a little bit, but we still got some really good work done there. And also working with like these other organizations like the teacher, uh, the Center for Teaching Quality out of North Carolina, um, the Economic Ed Council that's out of New York or New Jersey. Um, it just opened me to a whole different world outside of just like being a teacher. I knew when I wanted to be a teacher, I thought that was it. And yeah. then I found myself in like all these different spaces um, doing the work. And then right before the pandemic in 2019, I started my own ad consultation business, Love First LLC. Yes. Consultation. And then started to get away from the um, ad for hire, the mercenary work. Cause I like the one shots were cool. Yep. But I wanted to be able to do like some sustainable work with yep. different 
schools or, or organizations that we could like really start to build capacity in the spaces. Yep. And my whole thing with um, my business is like, I want to work myself out of a job. You know what I mean? I want to. Yes. Yeah. 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 You, this is, this is not the work what you want to continue for. No. You don't, you don't want to be Al Sharpton doing this. No. Contrary to what people think. Yeah. People do not. I guarantee you, brother, Reverend Al. What? With Al Sharpton. I love, Hey, I love that brother. I represent. Yeah, leave Al alone. I re- <laughs> hey, I represent. Bro, so can I can I just pause this for a second? Because it's like <laughs> you just did the like you just rolled out a lot on us right quick, uh, Doctor Anderson. And I I want to back you up a little bit. Um, I've had some teachers come to me, and I think I've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast, who want to move shift out of the classroom to do other things. But they find that their resume only says third grade teacher for the last X amount of years. And so this is a typical question we ask, but it's coming to my mind. If I'm an educator who's been in, I don't know, teaching seventh grade math or teaching something for a long time and want to go get to these conferences or do some of these things you're talking about, what would you suggest folks to do? Uh, especially because they're like, well, who's going to upset my classroom? I, my district won't pay for these things, but they really want to gain that experience and meet other folks and get out into space. What would you suggest? Um, to be willing to do more work, which is a big ask. Like, it was a <laughs> lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was busy, man. Like, busy, busy, busy. You know what I'm saying? And like, it, that stuff would have me out of the classroom not a lot but enough one I had great administrators who were like what the Gates Foundation is calling yes go do that like why am I going to get your way of like something like that right um oh these it looks good on the school that. website too yeah. always looks oh, good on the school oh, website that's the and I did like I had the they I had them sh- sh- uh, send out a whole camera crew and do a whole thing while I was at manual from the Gates Foundation and was like, yo, highlight these kids who are here so we can put these kids out. Too. That's right. Flip That's it. right. You know what I'm saying like, I like doing stuff, but like, no, get these kids, let them shine, you know? Yep. Um, and I also didn't take no for answer. So like, I think teachers, if you want to be more than an average teacher, you want to be good, you want to be great. It takes risks. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to take that risk. Um, my risk was saying, like, if I had ever had an administrator say, like, no, nah, you can't do that, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to use my sick days. You don't get to tell That's me right. what I'm doing my sick That's days. That's right. So I'm going to just leave anyway. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do what I have to do, what I think is best for me, my family, for moving the work that I want to do forward. But that's a risk that you have to take. You know what I'm saying? That you got to be willing to take. I got, I had to be willing to, like, come back and administrators being like, yo, you know, say something. Lucky for me, I didn't. Did I have to deal with other teachers being like, oh, how come Anderson gets to be gone all the time? You're like, first of all, mind your own business. Second of all, That's right. like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like my sub plans are tight. Everything, like, my class works. Well, they're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing this. We're doing, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm dialed. Again, that performance was my currency for autonomy. Like if I was a trash teacher, I'm sure they wouldn't let me do that. But That's because right. I was doing what I was supposed to do, they was like, yo, who are we to stand in your way? You know what I mean? Um, so like, again, but I, I was very lucky in the sense that I had supportive administrators and that my fight was never there. You know what I mean? Um, my partner probably took more of a hit than the administration did because I was gone all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? And now yeah. wife, you know, um, I was always working. 
you know, and the work was something that I really wanted to do and, and I really wanted to dedicate the time to, you know, so that's what it is. It's about, I'd say, you want to do something, find the conferences, go. Tell your teachers to let you go. Just go. Volunteer. When they said, like, when they end up on the teacher advisory council, you had to apply. I applied. You know what I'm saying? And then went through their little interviews and all their other stuff to be able to get on. I did it. Um, when I got to go, I'm also on the leadership board of a national policy organization, EDLOC, which is Education Leaders of Color. And um, I ended up being able to go because a homie couldn't. And she was like, you want to go instead of me? And I was like, yeah, I got there. And it's like 600, 500 freaking all people of color freaking talking that ed talk. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to do I'm with this for sure. You oh, know what I'm saying? Take and me like, with you next time. You know, I'm, I'm so we all need to go. Like, Let's yo, go. I'm Let's with go. this, you know? And so then I dedicated four years of my life to them cats until they asked me to be on their leadership board. Now I'm on the lead board helping to kind of move the organization. Um, and it's because I believe in it. It's because I don't mind digging and spending the time. You know what I mean? Uh, I like it. It's my shit, man. I like, I love it. It's about having a passion for it. I mean, I, I, so Asia, I just have to say this for all of us here, Asia, like never have I heard a convincing, a more like, cause I love this brother. I like, we, we relate on like a million different levels, like mm -hmm. from, from Greeley, from UNC to getting the letter, to ending up at Metro, to finding yourself, to finding some passion and educate, like uh, to going into Denver public schools. Like the only difference, I, the happiest day I've ever had in my life was when Dory Clonch called me and said she was offering me a job at Maury Middle School. Happiest day of my damn life. Talk about it. Talk. You know, because I told my parents, I was like, hey, guess what? Guess what? I got a job. They were like, they were like oh, you did it. You did it. You know, but, uh, but, but again, like your story, I think, highlights that point of like, it's easier than we think. It's easier. And I think it also highlights be yourself in those spaces. Take up those opportunities because sometimes we get I get these emails all the time, all the time. You know, they're like inviting you to do this, inviting you to do that. You know, and a lot of times we just have so much time. Uh, we don't have enough time. So we're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to that space, you know. And like you said, you got to do more. You got to put yourself out there to make those connections, make the relationships and then when you're in that space, be uh, in honor of Black History Matter, uh, Black, Black Lives Matter at week, at school week, I can talk. We're going to say be unapologetically Black, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, go in there and be you and say what you're going to say and do and represent. And, and I think, you know, people will hear us. And I think we're in a lucky position where there's some people that are willing to listen right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's a fact. Okay. So you got all this going on. Yep. You at the, and it's still now because you're talking present tense. <laughs> some of it, yeah. Yeah. February 2022. Um, okay, keep going. So we're yeah. we're consulting, we're in conferences, yeah. we're on leadership boards, we're doing the thing. Now we have a two, almost two-year-old or two-year-old. Yeah. Got married. Right? We got a partner. We're doing these things. Catch us up now. Go ahead. Keep going. So then I was at um, Manual. 
Um, I had started my doctorate because I actually started doing this stuff to become an administrator. And probably three quarters of the way through and after passing the test, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be an administrator like at all. And my professor, one of the professors was like, yo, you should think about maybe doing a doctorate. And I was like, no, I'm straight. But then I'm in Edlock. And these is all these like brilliant black folks, brown folks, and all of them are like, doctor this, doctor that, yeah. doctor this, doctor that. So I was like, man, let me go ahead and just do this thing. You know what I'm saying? These, I can't let them. I can't, like you, know, you know what I'm saying? Can't be the only non-doctor in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so went back, started doing that. Got really lucky. Was able to do the program at UCD with Dr. Jefferson, Dr. Espinosa, Dr. Chaparro, um, Dr. Donovan. Um, such big ups to, to that program. Um, yes. You know what I mean? Especially Dr. Jefferson, just being an incredible mentor and coach and professor. And Dr. Chaparro literally changing my life by um, letting me know that I wasn't crazy because of the way I was thinking about Black talk. And she hit me to the BEV and like all the different stuff and what it yes. was and how I was this crazy person. And then yes. Dr. Espinoza just being this like crazy philosopher who just got me living back in my brain and thinking differently. And, and Dr. Donovan, who forced me to take statistics seriously. <laughs> and she held my hand through the process because it was such a struggle for a brother like me. Damn, I love that. I love that one. Love that. Finished. As I, and I was, I was finishing that, it was really coming to the end of the year um, at manual. And like we had just been through the pandemic and through all the yep. crazy stuff. And another great mentor of mine who, um, Dr. Maria Salazar, who's over at DU now. Yes. The esteemed um, Dr. Maria Salazar. Um, we had been working together um, we had started a freedom school and did some other stuff. Um, and she was like, yo, this job opened up at DU to be the director of the teacher education program over there. You should apply for that. And I was like, are you serious? She was like, yeah. you." Yes. So I was finishing up my dissertation stuff and it was like, I should graduate right in the summer. She was like, the job post ends here. It, like, it, it, it like really aligned well, you know. And um, I was like, all right, tried out, applied, went through all that stuff. And I mean, I really did it not planning at all on getting this job. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, dude, I've never had any university experience. Um, I taught, actually, that's not true. I had taught at Colorado College because um, I was an adjunct there and a supervisor for Colorado College for the yeah. ed students. Um, but I was like, I don't know. And applied in, like, strangely enough, got to the next phase of the interview, next phase of the interview. Yes. And then, um, Lord willing, on my birthday again. They ah, called. once again. Oh. And offer me, and offer me the job. As How I you do it? Like, I told you I'm trying to be like you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we, like, pause? Because you said strangely enough, right? And yeah. like, it's not strange if you're thinking about like what you've been doing in the community, how you showed up, how you showed up for your students, 
how you just like the That's work, right. right? It's not that strange. That's how it should happen. It shot. should happen that way, right? And like, I know maybe just being humble or whatever, but I'm just gonna give you your flowers and say, like, no, That's you busted right. your ass, you did what you had to do. You would like you said you were assassin or whatever you called yourself, mercenary. Uh, educational mercenary. <laughs> educational mercenary. That's the you transition. You gotta yeah. do dirt. <laughs> yeah. And so he, I mean, and all these things, and again, you're still doing those things. So uh, I think it's really important for people to see like, you know, black and brown folks, black folks, we put in the work, right? Yeah. We put in the work, period. And yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the audience the greatest, one of the greatest, proudest moments I've ever been was the day I logged into that professional development, Dr. Anderson. I'm <laughs> a, and, and, and I saw the keynote. I was like, wait a minute. Wait, Dr. Anderson's a key? Dr. William Anderson? Get out of here. My dog? I was like, uh, cause I had I because I, yeah. I, I don't keep up on social media and stuff, but when I saw you, I was like, yes. I was, you know, and, and when you said the head of the teaching, I was like, now we move it now. Okay. This is what you know, this is how this is how change is supposed to feel, you know, like is is you see and you know it's like, all right. Things are different. And I and I will always say, you know, that I remember the day I saw you at a DPA. I remember I came over to you. I was like, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yo, we had been talking shit enough that they was like, well, you think it's so good and you do it. Because <laughs> <I was laughs> like, <laughs> we, were, we were going hard on the DPS social studies till they stuff. We were. We yeah. were. I know. I know. But uh, because... Because hold on, I, and uh, there was that one day, you know, the day it was like where it all flew off. Where it's like everybody, every session like was derailed. It was like, oh. nah, you're not gonna, what you're not gonna do, what you're not gonna do. It was so bad. So then it was nice to be able to, it was a dream, man. But yeah. that's the progress. That's what we're looking for. And, and like you said, someone's got to step up and do the work. And I think at times, like, and and I think this is Asia's philosophy is that there are other spaces where we can be way more inf- impactful, you know, where, where we can really. And I think like the longer we spend time thinking about this stuff, we see what the root cause of the issue is, right? The root cause of the issue is people don't see us as experts on what we talk about when it comes to our children's education. That's right. And 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 until we you know until like we're sitting in front of you in professional development and that might not even you know people only take it so far right but i think that's a big step in the right direction to you know maybe helping people understand for sure i mean i i can't underscore the the, the amount of hard work it was a lot of hard work um Can I say something yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm it's thinking- your podcast asia it is, isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean? Can I say something, girl? I don't know. I'm just. I don't know. I'm just thinking, and maybe you'll answer this question. I love. Forgive me if I'm jumping ahead. And I just think about, you know, you were saying you went through the process, you applied, and you just kind of like, oh, just see whatever. When it seemed to be getting that you were going further, further along in the interview process for the position position that you had now, was there this tug of war between not leaving the classroom? And then going, moving forward and what you could do in this new space. And if it was so, like that, what was that conversation like in your own head or with 
with your partner? I mean, it was like, I didn't, I love the kids. Like I'd still be doing the job. I would have never left. You know what I'm saying? Like I loved it. I loved it because of, I had the autonomy that I felt like I needed, which I know isn't afforded to a lot of folks. Yeah. I loved it because it was in the hood. I was working on the East side and yeah. coming back to like the community that I've spent so much time in. Um, not as a resident, but as a, as a frequent, frequent visitor, you know, yeah. it just had a special place in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I had no plan on leaving. It was literally the opportunity to like run a entire teacher education program for a university and for the university that has like some of if not the most, the second most like pre-service teachers in the district, you know what I'm saying? Like all the mo the majority, of, a lot of the student teachers who are in DPS now are from DU. DU. You know what I mean? So like the opportunity to be able to impact the district, my city, my yep. community, unlike yep. like that type of reach was tough. But I mean, it was hard because I didn't want to tell the kids because I wasn't kids I didn't yeah, want to yeah, yeah, yeah. me. and like it was terrifying that was by far the hardest thing to do um and kids being the the, the beautiful human beings that they are when it came time for me to tell them um I was so scared I thought they'd be like oh Anderson you fake whoop, whoop, whoop. yeah yeah and they were like what you're leaving that's that bullshit whoop you like pissed yep, and yep, like, yep. why what are you doing then i tell them like i got this job and do you do it and they were like oh oh hell yeah you gotta do that what's up you they were that? like yeah make moves you know what i mean like hell yeah congratulations like yes that's okay as long as and, and, you know that. they were like mr anderson <laughs> you get mr you get paid are you yes, getting paid because that was what they care about go do that brother like, you know what i mean so then it was like, it made me want to really do it well. Cause it was, cause now these kids who, you know what I'm saying? I had so much love for, they were like, yo, you need to do this. You need to represent us, go and let them know, you know what yeah. I mean? It is. And I was like, bet, okay, this, this feels like, you know what I mean? The right move to be making at, at this time. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, we're going to take a break right here and we get back. We have a few more questions, but this has been an awesome interview. Word. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. No doubt. This is, this is great. Hello, listener. If you've made it this far into the episode, perhaps you are enjoying this remix conversation about power, culture, and education. And if that's the case, please consider joining others like you educators, community leaders, activists, scholars, artists, and youth by supporting the Two Dope Teachers in a Mic podcast and productions on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can get on-air shout-outs, sneak previews, and early released episodes, insider information on the happenings in Two Dope Nations, and many other small benefits. The greatest benefit, though, is you enable us to keep bringing the fire. Because of people like you, we have expanded to two podcasts with the exit interview taking flight and forcing hard conversations about attacks on black educators. And we've added new features, including episode transcripts and a revamped website, all because of listeners like you. But that's just the beginning. 
Your support will open up new possibilities for us and for the communities we represent and advocate for. And at the $15 per month level, you receive a sticker. Yes, folks, a sticker. To support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash 2 teachers. That's patreon.com slash 2 teachers. All right, so we're back, and Dr. Anderson is, like, spitting some knowledge on us, telling us all the things, giving us some support to those of us who are still in the classroom. We're thinking about not necessarily leaving, but just, like, expanding our resume, expanding our reach, thinking about, like, learning from new folks. Um, and so now we're asking the question, um, what do you think? And being very clear, your classroom transition wasn't one of, like, running from the classroom right or racial battle fatigue which is often what we talk about on our on our podcast but still I want to ask the question what do you think um administrators fellow educators um can do to keep BIPOC teachers black I'll just say black males specifically in the classroom um it's really about making room for them and I mean that by like Make room for them to grow. Give them the potential to, to do more than what it is that they're doing. Um, make room for coaching and support. You know what I'm saying? Help them get better at their craft. Like I think um, in particular, black males in the district get this treatment like, oh, you a black male, you get it. Do it. You know what I'm saying? That's it's right. As if you don't need the help because something is like inborn with you. Um, hold on one second. <laughs> I love it. Special guest. Special guest, Malcolm Chico. Um, any room to grow, room to develop, um, room to take risk to try new things. Yes. You know what I mean? So that they can do the stuff that they actually like want to do and not feel like if they take a risk and it doesn't work out well, that like, that means that's their job. Like they won't ever be able to do it again. You know what I mean? Um, and make room for them to be themselves. You know, like I was lucky. I got to be like, I could bring my whole self to work. You yes. know what I'm saying? I, so I, never, important. Like, I had to like be in a suit and tie and like do the whole like respectable black man dance. You know? <laughs> I could still like have my dreads. I could still, you know, yes, yes, like, sleeves are out. You know what I'm saying? And like talk that talk and like be myself, be, be yourself. You know what I'm saying? And not feel like I was going to get judged or that was going to be in the way of me moving, you know? Um, but again, I think that comes with the performance piece. Like I was able to, to do the work. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm trying to think. I was lucky too. I, I was never, I would tell administrators, like I was never pitted against other colleagues. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I was never like, I was never one to like fall into like kind of the toxic culture that can happen amongst teachers and, and administrators. and in all of that stuff like I got really lucky in that sense and I was also really intentional about that you know what I mean like if I had a teacher who was on my caseload who was struggling or yeah people didn't like or whatever whatever 
like, tell me what's wrong. You can keep your opinion and I'm going to work on these particular things to try to help this person grow. You know what I'm saying? It was never a personal thing, you know? Um, I think that's helped sustain me. I think teachers, and this isn't just teachers of color, but like black teachers or any teachers really, um, I really tried hard to keep it a buck and like not step on anybody's toes, not be disrespectful to anybody, not yep. get into that toxic gossip. Yep. People, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, I, I would hope that if I if if you went back and talked to the people that I worked with and worked for, that they would be like, yo, he was a stand-up dude. You know what I'm saying? Like he always treated everybody with love and respect. You know, so I it gave like you couldn't help but to treat me with love and respect. You know what I'm saying? Because you would look crazy talking crazy about me because it'd be like, yo, what did he ever do to you? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's right. That it would be that you need to treat this person like this. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, creating that type of atmosphere, that happened because of like some of the leaders I had in the building, you know, um, in particular at MLK, like those 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 building leaders were, were, were great for me. You know, I'm sure some people might feel differently, but um, for me, you know what I'm saying? I, I, they gave me that space that that I that I talked about that I needed to be able to to thrive and not just, you know, what I mean, make it till Friday. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, which is like, oh, we could talk about that later. That make it till Friday, make it to vacation, make it to yeah. We, we, that comes day. up every episode. I feel like yeah. yeah, make the make make it to mentality. Yeah, yeah. Um. So last question. Our newest question, what's bringing you joy these days? So much, man. There we go. Um, my son, for sure, that dude's off the charts. <laughs> um, my wife, for sure, she's just a wonderful, wonderful support. Um, fam the work is great like i i just went um i was at the nuggets game on what's this today's sunday it must have been friday night and the homie who used i used to work with at manual called me and said the most absurd thing i've ever heard he was like yo you want to go to the nuggets game and i was like oh yeah he's like i got court side tickets and Bless us. nobody want to go let's go i was like my g um let me call my wife and make sure it's cool. <laughs> so, yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, always, always. Anything that I get asked to do, you got to check with the boss. Got to check the boss. The boss is uh, if if the boss agrees, then I can do something. Yo, called her. She was like, uh, "Fine," you know what I'm saying. I went to that game, but I say all that to say, like, went to the game. The seats are freaking amazing. Good, yes. You know what I'm saying all sorts of all of that. But I, I came home. And I was just like, man, I really just love my life so much, man. Like I got this house over my head. I got clothes, like yes. healthy kid, healthy yes. wife. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like all the things. Speak you know, on it. Like the work that we did was was not for a reason. <laughs> Get out of here with your baby shirt, dude. Um, so all what brings me joy? All that. Oliver and like I guess the work too like the thing that I would say hold on one second the one thing I'll say about um this university work 
um, the speed of it is so much different than working in a K through 12, like a public school. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think about what my day was at manual at MLK. Yeah. You're at work from potentially as early as six to yep. as late as nine o'clock sometimes. You know? Yes, sir. Talk about it. Your average day, we could just say from seven to five, you know what I'm saying? And, and that whole time from seven to five is like, you're rocking, you're doing something. You're either teaching, you're either collaborating and planning, grading, eating, dealing with children. You know what I'm saying? And like, you love it. It's fun. It's great. It's a completely different energy. You know what I mean? Um, I think about this job I have now. I teach on Mondays, like from nine to three thirty. Once a week. Once a week. And then like the rest of the week, it's not like I'm chilling with no. no. Oh, wait, wait, no. Yeah, you wait. Hold on. I thought I thought you was playing Madden NBA 2K. No, my, days, my days are full with other things to do, but like so much more. I have so much more control over my time. Well, it's a thought job, you know. Like that's what I think about teaching that like you never get. So much of the job is wrapped up in thinking, like a processing, planning finding absorbing finding resources like what and thinking about like i could spend so like the biggest part of planning is like and i love what you say about curriculum you know like design but that part is a big a big thing right when you engage in it because you start to look for stuff in the age of the internet not everything is gold there's a lot of trash you you gotta you you are literally you know um you know, uh, it's like uh, it's like being a DJ. You dig it through the crate to find the perfect sample, right? So many records you got to go. So through. many records. A lot of them records are garbage. And sometimes even the garbage records got something to offer, right? You know, but you're like, I got to find that little piece. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, peep this. So I'll tell you again, just the difference is like when I'm thinking about my, my lesson planning, and like course building and stuff now like I have a grad assistant I have a teacher assistant like these are people who could like help you do the yep. work that you're supposed yep. to be doing you know like these yep. partners who their sole job is to like help you to be able to do the main thing it is that you're supposed to do you know what I mean so like I think about sitting down with my grad assistant for lunch her having her and shout out to my grad assistant Anna Handy who's the freaking bees knees legs in its arms I, I would not be able to do this work as well as i could without her um i can just talk about hey for this next quarter this is what i'm thinking for the quarter yep 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 I'm this i'm thinking this i'm thinking this maybe some of this maybe some of that maybe some of this and she takes it all down and i'm like hey can you find a resource for this can you find a resource for that and then two days later she's like yo here's a list of resources here's a this here's a that and I'm yeah. like, okay, put this together. And, you know, and, and it's a, the process is so different. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. all of that, the support is so different. You know what I mean? Like yep. the dean who's like, yo, make sure you're carving out four hours a week just for writing. Like right. off and off on your schedule. Like don't let nobody bother you. Like spend four hours a week, pick one day and you have a four hour block that's sacred and that you're like, you don't do nothing but write or think about the things that you want to write about or read or like do this and like it's so different 
in like a K to 12 job where yep. like you imagine going to your AP and being like, yo, I need four hours to think. To just yeah, think. Right. And we talk about uninterrupted planning time. You but know like I have kids that are just come into my room that, you know, like kids that just be like, what's up, mister? <laughs> hey, something, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I can never, I'll never send them away. If they come to me in the middle. Now, I don't let them just hang out to all my <laughs> colleagues who listen. I ain't let them just hang out. I'm letting them collect their thoughts. Get ready because they got to wander sometimes. Period. Sometimes you got to wander. You got to be mm-hmm. like, what's Mr. Adams doing right now? <laughs> I mean, you know how many warm lunches I had go cold because I'm talking to kids? You know what I'm saying? And like now, just the speed is so different. And it, it just brings me a different joy as I start to think about like what I can do in this space. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're like, yes. what kind of impact can it have on like this broader scale? Um, and like you said, the, the people you are educating are going to be teaching your kids. Yes. And so like, it's the bigger picture. It's like, yeah, that way. And that was the hard part. And the kids and the kids are willing to support you moving on to, to, because the kids always support us. They love us if we're moving and making moves for ourselves. But because they know how they actually, they are the experts. You interview kids about how hard it is to be a teacher. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. They will tell you. But but I think like it's so important because, and I think this goes back to Asia's big point. Sometimes we worry that we're leaving people behind and not, but but sometimes the work that we're doing is even bigger, right? And mm-hmm. so that's why I call Asia, you know, she's my Harriet Tubman 2.0. Because, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to take care of the people who we leave on the plantation. But what we're going to do is we're going to encourage other people to come back and, and liberate more people. And we're going to end, like you said, Dr. Anderson, we're going we're gonna to end our jobs. That's the goal. That's the goal of the work. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't doing this forever. Yeah. Very much so. You know, We can't. We can't. We can't. Um, it, the, the one thing I'll, I'll say, um, finally, it would be like, the one thing I do miss those is the connection to, to kids. Yes. Being able to have that direct impact on young people um, and getting so much time with them, like four years with a kid is a long time. Mm-hmm. Being able to see them freshmen to their like senior year and then being able to like see them launch off like that. There's something special um, in that. Um, it's also really makes the job really hard too because um, you, you love those people. Mm-hmm. You know, and when things happen to them, it's sad too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I present any of this info in, in the loving memory of a student of mine who just passed, um, Clarissa Riviera, who was just um, my heart and soul. And I'm almost glad I have the job that I have now so I don't have to feel this heartbreak. Yep. Mm. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I hopefully mm. have to deal with, like, that type of pain that comes with mm. spending so much time with a person and they grow up and you grow with them and then something can happen to them. In an instant. And then in, in an instant. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I get this time with my TEP students. I'll be with them for a year and I'll love and I'll appreciate them and I, I hope we make great memories and I know them for a long time, but... But it's um, not the same. It's, it's not, not. It's not watching someone grow 
from a child yeah. to Ooh. an adult to 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 watch like and, and you just get to know them you know and like i'm fortunate enough to work in a six to twelve and you know you know from being a dmlk that that uh you, what that experience is like to to watch someone go from being 11 years old to being 18 years old you know what i mean and and it, and what it changes your perspective because like we said who and i believe this in my heart i tell myself who I am today is not who I'm going to be tomorrow, Fair. you know, and we all, we all grow through it, you know, from the 2.7 club to the letter club to the, you know, I got to go to Metro, but I found myself cause that's where I probably should have been in the first place club. You know, I think that, that, that's how we have to see every single one of our, and even the students, some of our students too, I've had this experience too, students who shine, who are golden, right? Who have everything, and it, it just never. Might have them. That's right. So That's right. Know. I've had we, that too. We don't talk about them enough, too. We don't. Yeah. We don't. Okay. But um, those things bring me joy. Um, I'm I'm slap happy, man. I, I couldn't be happier. You know, That's it's, so. That's uh, so. it's honor and a privilege to be on y'all show. You know what I mean? To to be able to to share my, my my thoughts for whatever they're worth. You know what I'm saying? I love and appreciate y'all too, man. I've known all y'all for a while. I've really known Munoz in, in KA for a minute. Asia, I've known you for a minute now too. I know, it's a Almost trip. four like, years. Yeah, it's been a minute, you know what I mean? So I, I love y'all to life, man. And I, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. And um, I'm, I'm here of service. If you ever need anything, please, Please know that I'm an email or text message away. Uh, Munoz knows better than most. I'm, I, I I can be a bad texter. Yes, you, know? you are. Because I, I I'm you bad too. I, I think I'm see, there's something about us. With, like me, nah, me and you are very si- nah. we are very similar. Like I'm telling you, like <laughs> well, I can be a bad. Anderson, dad. Munoz gives me a hard time. Te- I get better. Asian Kevin, and Gerardo, Kevin. am I better today than I was in the past? You are better today. Oh, Gerardo says William no. Need to check his phone. <laughs> William needs to check his phone because he has a text I sent him like four months ago. He was like, how's it going? I'm like, great. How are you? Nothing. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's terrible. Like, all right. Yo, okay. I, I promised I was working or something. And it's That's cool. No, it's I've done it to my own mother. So I, I do it bad. It's not personal. You know what I'm saying? My oh, mom just called me and been like, yo. I thought she was talking to me. I need to talk to <laughs> like, Yo, my fault. I was uh, doing this, that, and the third mama, my fault. You know, I'm what sorry. I'm sorry. Personal. You know what I mean? I swear, you just got to text me again and be like, hey, you know what I mean? Call me out my name a little bit, and I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. I'll respond to you. Yep, that, I'm, I, you right. You right. You know what I'm saying? So, but thank y'all, man. Let me get up here to this child, to this wife. Yes, man. yes. Go get go get the young into bed. I appreciate y'all, man. And uh, please keep doing the work. Yes. Right, have you. a good night. Peace out.